you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast is strong coming off the bye week. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. We have a bye week. I've not been notified of this. I'll mm. take a week off. Haven't you proposed that? Yeah, you wanted to leave for a whole month or something like that. Well. Give me a break. Oh, right. When you, yeah, that was your plan, if you, how long you could disappear and get away That's with it. That's my Odell Beckham plan. You should, you should feel lucky to be inside the studio today. Of all the podcasts we've ever done, this is going to be the best one ever. Wow. Why, why do you say that? Prediction. I don't think that's You're going to get a hero pick on that. I just got a feeling. Magic, I can feel. I don't think we need to set those expectations up top. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I felt that unnecessary. But we're going to do our best. <laughs> that's all we can really say. This is, our, of course, our Thursday big week six mega preview show. Uh, we're going to go through all the games on another week of NFL action, talk about the, who we picked, go over our hero picks, have people defend their heroes, all that good stuff. Before we get into any of the games, we've got a lot to get to, so we're going to get into it quickly. Let's first throw it to the gentleman that handled the Thursday night action. Take it away, guys. Thanks, Dan. Pulling the late shift here with Chris Wesseling, and we were lucky this time. I mean... Andrew Luck throws for 370 yards. The Colts win a tight game, and they're in first place. And yet all I can really think about right now is J.J. Watt. Am I crazy? Yeah, Yeah, our instant debate this week was who was more fun to watch, Andrew Luck or J.J. Watt. You have to go with the quarterback because the camera's on him. Mm. But even as great as Luck was tonight, Watt was the show. I think Luck was more fun tonight. Yeah, I think you're trying to be too cute and and sound smart about football if you say J.J. Watt. But he is... The most fun defensive player to watch in my lifetime. And he's in the middle of the most dominant stretch that any defensive player has had that I've ever seen. And that's not hyperbole. That I've ever witnessed this stretch this season is as dominant. Defensive players aren't supposed to take over games like this. I was just a little kid when Lawrence Taylor was playing, so I don't know if he was that dominant. It wouldn't surprise me if he was. He probably I, was. But I have By to all second accounts. everything you said. Well, and the, and the thing with why, don't come at me with, Oh, he was lucky he picked up a, a fumble and took it back. First of all, that was a wildly athletic play. Second of all, he was blowing up their running game. Four, three tackles for loss and, and another bunch of ones right at the line of scrimmage all by himself. Two sacks, three passes defense, killed a couple drives basically as a, as a pass defender. And then, you know, you add in four QB hits and the touchdown too. Yeah, there's nobody like him. It's, he, he should be in the MVP race. Turn down for what? Waiting for that. It was coming. I knew it was coming. Just had to do it, man. Just had to do it. TD had to do it. And so Watt, of course, helped the Texans come back in this game. It was looking like a Thursday night laugher again. The Colts win 33-28, but the score was 24 to nothing 
after one quarter. At one point early in the second quarter, the Colts had 218 yards. The Texans had negative one yard. <laughs> so what did the Colts do? What did you see from Andrew Luck, to, first of all, to get this big lead and, and then kind of blow it the rest of the game? Well, Luck is on pace for 5,300 yards and 45 touchdowns. Woo! People, I, I would like to say unenlightened people, get <laughs> on him for making too many interceptions and mistakes, but that's because he's taking chances that other quarterbacks don't take. And that means that the Colts make bigger plays than other, than other teams, and they're leading the NFL in points per game this year because of it. Talk about putting on a show. I mean, he he and T.Y. Hilton put on a show. T.Y. Hilton, 223 yards. The throws down the field were beauties. But, you know, me and you, we love little pocket movement. No one, no one is better at pocket movement and just has an innate, insane feel of how to get away from pressure and buy some extra time and then deliver a dart right down the middle of the field than Andrew Luck. It's like he has back, eyes in the back of his head sometimes with guys coming on the blind side and he just runs away from it. Yeah, while we're discussing the best we've ever seen, he's the best I've ever seen in pocket movement, and he's only in his third. He was that good in pocket movement as a rookie. Yeah, I would say Tom Brady would be up there for me but you know, early in his career, but it's different with Luck because he brings a – you know, elite sort of top five most athletic quarterbacks to the mix, and Tom Brady could could never do that. You know, the problem I think with the Colts in this game, you know, you got to give the Texans defense credit. You got to give Ryan Fitzpatrick and Arian Foster some credit for the comeback, but they didn't move the ball well in the second half, partly because they couldn't run. Two point seven yards because per that's carry. when J.J. Watt took over the game. Right. I mean, this is a team that you want to see them be able to close out games. Trent Richardson, two point four yards per carry. Sort of the same that we've seen in Mod Bradshaw. And you know why Trent Richardson had 2.4 yards per carry? Because there's some runs that you see any other running back would have broken off for 30 yards, and there's a hole, and he decides to run sideways or backwards. He has no vision. He's afraid of too much space. He sees all that space, and he freaks out, and he's like, oh, let's get back to the middle <laughs> where all the bodies are, and I'll just start running over some people. Uh, yeah, he, he just his instincts and vision are way off. Th- this was a really fun game because we saw some – unbelievable players. Andre Johnson, who's not as explosive as he once was, made a ton of great catches, helped lead this comeback. My guy, well, he's not my guy at all, but for this game, can you at least give Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit of credit for throwing some nice passes down the field? I thought he played well this game. I, how low is the bar that we're setting here? He I had mean, 9.2 yards per attempt. That would lead the league. I don't. Yeah, he didn't do anything for me. Oh, my gosh. Some of the sideline passes he had, he had one to Damaris Johnson, one to Andre Johnson. He... He was under pressure. That offensive line is not really good right now, and I think that's one thing that gets lost. This defense is not really very good anymore. It's just J.J. Watt. It's it's a boring defense. They miss Wade Phillips. They have Romeo Cornell. So it's just J.J. Watt. The secondary, to me, is overrated. And then the offensive line, which used to be really good, is not very good either, especially not protecting uh, Fitzpatrick. We should credit the Colts defense a little bit, yeah. too. They, have, they are now tied for the league lead in sacks, and we thought – their, their pass rush would disappear without Robert Mathis. Bjorn Werner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sealed the game with a strip sack after getting Flacco twice last week. And they've given up only three third down conversions in the last three weeks. Wow. You got Yeah, you do have to give the Colts defense credit. Not a totally consistent game. But in the end, the Colts offense's last three drives were fumble, punt, punt. And... The Texans got the ball back two different times where they could have maybe taken the lead. They The Colts got a takeaway from Andre Johnson, and then they got a takeaway by sacking Ryan Fitzpatrick. You mentioned Werner. So in, in the end, it was the Colts' defense that closed out the game. But I always kind of felt when, when Houston had the ball, it was almost like the volume was turned down on the game. You know what I mean? It's like when Watt and Luck were on the field, it was like that was the game. It was We were just kind of biding time until they got back on there. With one exception, Arian Foster hasn't lost a step. Oh, yeah. He, he looks, looks great. He looks this year. I mean, he had one game he lost to a hamstring injury, and one game he only had six rushing yards against the Bills, and he's still mm. second only to DeMarco Murray and looks that good. As, looks as good as the numbers. He He's looked incredible the last two weeks. We talked about him on uh, Wednesday's podcast. Um I just I'm excited to watch these two teams play again in week 15. I don't know if Houston will still be in the mix, but it, we it, might be watching Ryan Mallett. <laughs> it's cool that the most exciting offensive player in the league, I think, quarterback Andrew Luck, and the most exciting defensive player in the league, the two most exciting young players in the league, they're in the same division. We get to watch them twice a year. 
probably for, I don't know, let's sign up for another seven, eight, nine years of this. And they lived up to expectations tonight and then some. They did. All right. We got to get to all the week six games. So to do that, let's send it back to Dan Hansis. Here we go, gentlemen. So let's get into the week six schedule, the real the, the guts of it. And why don't we start, as we always do, with three games that jump out to us, that, that excite us, that make us feel like men. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go up to the clink, Century Clink Field, Century Link Field, whatever it's called. The Seattle Seahawks, 3-1, and one, coming off a home win, excuse me, a road win over the Washington Redskins. Now invite the Dallas Cowboys into their house. The Dallas Cowboys at 4-1, and one, uh, playing these 3-1 and one Seahawks. Really, if, if people aren't convinced about the Cowboys, and we have every right to not be convinced about the Cowboys given their track record, uh, they can make a lot make a lot of believers by putting up a really good effort or even knocking off the Seahawks. Is there any way that happens? No. Sessler was saying he had uh, a yeah, feeling I, it might happen. I, well, I'm not saying it's logical. And you could you could look a million ways at this game and say it's not possible, but I have this strange uh, sensation that the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys are going to go up to Seattle and do what other teams Sessler. cannot do. And it's, I look at that, I'll tell you why. I think Wait, they're, it's their offense. did you pick them? No, but that's uh, because, I'll tell you why. Cause, because every of, week. No, because of the corporate you know, uh, eyes staring down on us and the many schedules we adhere to, I have to make my picks on like an early on a Wednesday. All right, you're allowed to change it. You can it. change it. Go, it. go with it. Let's change see if it. I do. I just might do that. <laughs> see? Call your bluff. No, I may, d- I may do that. When I get downstairs and get onto a, a laptop that functions, I will do that. This all is right. just a prop. This, there's nothing on this thing. <laughs> That's a lie also. But all I right. can't get into it. Though. I agree with you. I said on Wednesday's podcast, I thought this was going to be a close game. I won't go that far. I think the Seahawks are just by far the best team in the NFL. And, Greg, I, I liked what you said on Monday night. You tweeted that it's kind of fun to have like a real – a real favorite in the NFL, like a true defending champion that you can really right. The Ravens the and the boys. Giants yeah. were jokes. Like the next year, the Seahawks. It's like you know you want the top guy to you have to knock him off. But this is what the Cowboys have working for them: that great offensive line, Demarco Murray running better than any anyone, Tony Romo uh, back to his old self. They're playing with a lot of confidence as a team. I think they have the nobody believes in us factor going into Seattle. I think it's a three point game, Chris Wessling. Ow! Complete whitewash blowout coming. Ooh. We talked about this in the newsroom. The Seahawks are better, and not just by a little bit, now than they were in the run-up to the, to the Super Bowl. Ever since they got Percy Harvin back for the Super Bowl, they've been a much better offense, like heads and shoulders above what mm. their offense was last year. Is last the defense year. better, though? I, I don't think it matters. Uh, the defense is close enough to what they were last year that with Harvin out there, he makes Lynch better. He makes Russell Wilson better. They're a lot more deceptive in what they do. Not only are they deceptive, but they're deceptive with their best players. Well, well that is extremely logical, and I can appreciate that. <laughs> but what about the magic of life? Sometimes things happen that fall outside of the Wesleyan methodology. Sure. I, the- I have no... I have no comeback for that because you're absolutely correct. The Buccaneers almost beat Seattle last year with Bobby Rainey, I believe, running through them. So things happen. Mike James. But let's oh, it was Mike James. That's right. But well, some no namer. That's who it was. Right. But let's not get carried away with these Cowboys. They haven't really looked like a top ten type of team. They're four and one because they've overachieved. And their defense plays aggressive, even if they're not that talented. They're a good running game. Like, let's see what's going to happen when they fall down two scores and Romo actually has to go deep instead of dink and dunk in every play because they haven't been able to do that this year. I'm more with West that it's a blowout. I feel like once a year, the last couple of years, Seattle has been tested at home in a game that you think they're going to take care of business. This is the game where I think it happens. But we all... Except for, I was going to say, we all pick You're letting the Seahawks, me, I'm, except for I'm going to shift over, and you're going to let me make a Please hero pick. Please, donate a free game to us, buddy boy. Let's do it. Woo! <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> the Seahawks will be tested at home this year, but it won't be this week. Mm. Yeah, right. they were. They went to overtime last week. That was it. All right, moving forward. Uh, the Cleveland Browns coming off that crazy, wild uh, comeback victory over the Tennessee Titans. Now play a game, like a real gut check game. They are going to be at home in their building Playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, their longtime rival, I believe. Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. The Steelers are 28 and two since 1999 against the. Well, Browns. Big Ben is 18 and two. That's really when I think the pure domination kicked in. Right. So now this is a big uh, chance to make a statement for the Browns, who who are 
potentially near the same level as a team as the Steelers, at least in their building, you would think it could this could be a game they should win. But will they? I like I like their chances. I took them, and it's you know again it's a little bit of magic feeling. It's a fact that they're the home team, and they have a quarterback that's playing better right now. Brian Hoyer's not you know a top ten quarterback by any means, but he's turning into this year's Nick Foles, and he's gotten better each and every week. He pulled off a lot of tough passes in that Tennessee game. And this Steelers defense has been disappointing this year. They've given up a lot of points. I think the Browns will pass on them, and I think they'll get that win. I think the best thing Cleveland has going for them right now is their offensive line. You know, they've had talent on that line for a couple of years, but there were always issues at the guard spot, and they've they've got that thing locked down right now. Kyle Shanahan said that no team has learned his zone blocking scheme quicker than this group of this group of players. I like that, but there are a lot of issues with Cleveland. They can't stop the run, and Le'Veon Bell had his way with Cleveland in Week One, and every team since has also done the same. So, I am concerned about the Browns not going back in and giving up another 25 points to start the thing. I like what you said. Pro Football Focus has ranked the Browns as the best offensive best offensive line in the NFL mm-hmm. right now, and. Daniel Jeremiah compared Hoyer to Matt Hasselbeck on his podcast. I see him. I like that podcast. It's very good. Very strong I mean, show. It's it's okay. I see it more like a Matt Schaub type of situation where in the Shanahan offense, it's all boot action. Yeah. And almost everything Hoyer is doing so well is based off the run game. That's great coaching. You got to admit, though, when you saw Hoyer kind of jam one of those passes in there last week – clutch situation between a couple defenders and pressure in his face that you know there's that a little first bit of touchdown to Benjamin was very impressive you got it there's a little bit of Chris Wesley and that's you know he's start is you know he's starting to fall for Brian Hoyer Wes I'm holding I don't know him, I'm that. holding in my hands the NFL media research notes which Burn I know it. you enjoy uh here's a note Ben Roethlisberger's 18 and one record against the Browns translates to the highest winning percentage of any starting QB against a single opponent since 1950 Number two, Roger Staubach, sixteen and one against some terrible Giants teams. We didn't need that book because Sessler already made that. Actually, point. well, was no, it, I, I called him more eight, details. Back I, then it was eighteen and two, so at least we corrected it. Got it right well, too. I think maybe what I did was just make a correct prediction. Ooh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, this week also the number three most dominant QB versus a team combo in NFL history are going to be playing up in Buffalo. Tom Brady, 22-2, and two, I believe, versus the and, Bills. And, uh, Wes, my notes tell me 917 is the winning percentage of 22-2. <laughs> and two. I don't know how we could do the podcast without that tidbit. Listen, that is how we operate. <laughs> Anything else to say about this? So we, this is what would make me the most nervous if, if I'm a Browns fan. It's actually a game between the Browns and Steelers, and three of the five of us have picked the Browns. That is me, a little worry. That always is a death knell. And the knell. Sizzler. That's a death knell. So Wes and Kevin Patrick took uh, the Steelers. The Steelers are actually small underdogs in this game. Yes, I am continuing to needle Mark Sessler, as you would put it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Let's move on. Finally, the New York Giants coming off. Is it three straight wins now? That is They're true. rolling. They head to Philadelphia to play the genius. You need to check your stat book for that one. I will. I will be looking. <laughs> I'll be pouring through that in a moment. The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so we got a big NFC East showdown right now. The Eagles are in first place, or not in first place in the division, but they have a, uh, I think a lot of people thought they would be the favorite in this division, and now it seems a lot more wide open. We talked about it on Wednesday's show uh, that, Wes, I think you said you believe the Giants are the favorite to win this division. So do you think the Giants take care of business on, on the road against Philly? I do. I think they're a more complete, solid, better team than the Eagles right now. So I don't, th- I don't care where they're playing. I think the Giants will win. This is another game that I don't like the pick I made 24 hours ago. I'm a new human being right now, and I don't like any of the picks I made uh, from a day ago. They look like a disaster. Just stick with it. Well, you know, because we you can analyze pass. the game without like, your pick. No one I cares. I like New York's uh, defense this season, too, on some level, <laughs> and I don't like what's going on with Philadelphia's offensive line. It's been an absolute disaster, but they do keep finding ways to win at third home. That's why I went with them. Ask Jake Matthews about Jason Pierre-Paul. Well, I don't have his clown number suits, or anything. Clown suits all throughout the second Can half last week. Can we get him week. on the phone get, at the end of Get the Jake time. Matthews on the phone. <laughs> Ask him about the clown suit that JPP put on him. Forget about JPP. Well, don't forget about him. He's been good in, in a key part of them turning around. But how about Jonathan Hankins? That guy's killing it every week. Coming out of nowhere, second-year player for the Giants, and it's starting to remind you a little bit of those defensive lines that they had a couple years ago where they have talent all over the place. Kiwanuka's playing fairly well. Former Bronco Robert Ayers is playing pretty yeah, well. Yeah, he, he seems to make a player to each week, and Hankins is a second-year player. Just threw a, 
what is it, five games for them, he's played like a pro bowler. I mean, he's been that good where he's been one of the best interior players in the league. And every time this team's made a playoff run, it's been with strong play from Eli, whether or not you like him or not, and good defensive line play. And we're getting, at this point in the season, we're getting both. I think this is the best stretch of play that Eli Manning has had since 2011. I don't even think it's close. No, I don't think it's close either. And and it's almost as if like Nick Foles and Eli Manning have switched bodies now because Foles is now <laughs> throwing the wildly Who's the winner of that throw. exchange? That would be yeah. a movie I would not want to see. Yeah, it's not a good situation for Nick Foles. So that when I want to watch the Eagles this weekend, you want to see <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, it would be a great movie. Um, I mean, they made those movies forever where you would just switch the Dudley bodies. Dudley Moore like in this 15 scenario. of those movies. This right. is the Kirk Cameron Dudley Moore one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, it's okay. This was that was much more interesting than whatever I was thinking of. Uh, but no, I'd be interested to see Foles again week after week. You wait to see if he kind of returns to form. Hasn't happened yet. And Lashawn McCoy. Is Let's he not bury get the lead. Three though. yards over. Dan is an NFC East absolute fanatic, dating back to your early childhood. Apologist, even. This is a fever dream for you to have Ooh. three teams with winning records in a division people left for dead in August. I think the. I think what's misunderstood here is that I enjoy the NFC East growing up in that area, but everyone else that I work with hates the NFC East, so it makes it seem like I like them more. Ah. With a white-hot passion. Yeah, so it's like I think it's a little misconstrued, but yes, I always liked it. I loved it. I've said it on the podcast before. Sunday mornings going to my grandparents' house, and there's old Poppy sitting on his brown couch watching the Giants drinking root beer and like yelling at the TV at Phil Sims and Parcells. Those were good days. Uh, good times. It's a slice of Americana right there. It certainly <laughs> is. All right, let's move on. It's time to talk, as we do this this portion, Mark, because you said you're a new man. I, I don't know if you have any memory of the past. That no, I'm this... just disenchanted with my choices from yesterday. <laughs> Wait, so who did you choose in the Giants-Eagles anyway? I don't even remember. He doesn't even just, know. You know. <laughs> he, I'll, I'll I'm tell sure you he was who, wrong. I'll tell you who he chose. Mark chose. I took the Giants. I know Wes took, took the, the Giants. That's you what took I'm the saying. Eagles, right? I don't like that. No, I took the G-Men. Patrick took the Eagles as yeah. well. So we're split. So we're a lot split of games. There. I think this is the best slate of games in terms of tough games to pick that we've had all year. I would agree with that. It was a tough one. So this is the time of the show, gentlemen, where we defend our heroes. Mm. And uh, I'm upset because for the second straight week, I have no hero to defend. You guys blocked me. And I did. I've gotten heat on Twitter for not having hero picks lined up this week. But And I try to tell people we can't control getting a hero pick. You, make, you don't you know. You make your pick, and then hopefully no one else picks that team. So I've had luck in two weeks where I've had a bunch that, like that, and some have worked out, but I've had now four weeks where I got no hero picks. If they, <laughs> if they haven't figured out the way it works by now, they're beyond hope. Oh. By the way, you know I did just control West, a hero pick right here in the studio. Well, oh, well, you did in this case. Yeah. But I you, basically said, I want to switch my pick into a hero pick, and everyone just said, yes, please do whatever yeah, you go like. Go for it, buddy. Whatever so, you like. We suckered you into one, just like I suckered Rosie into one downstairs that yesterday. That might be we'll get That's to. not true. That All right, so fair. let's start with Greg. <laughs> Greg had two hero picks. So why don't we talk about that one? Because uh, I got him on the hook. <laughs> the Washington Redskins heading to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Uh, the rest of the ATL team believes the Cardinals will take care of business. Perhaps. I know we might – we have – when we do our picks, just to let you behind the curtain, we're allowed to change it if there's some quarterback change going on. This is certainly the case with the Cardinals right now. Carson Palmer, we don't know what's going on with him and his firing nerve. And we don't know if Drew Stanton is going to be able to play because he has the concussion. Logan Thomas took first team reps on Thursday, so this seems to be heading towards a Logan Thomas, Prediction. Thomas world. Neither of Greg's hero picks will be hero picks by the I end of Friday. I would agree with that. It's I think very we're, possible. we're wasting time. So as for, now, as for now – <laughs> Greg, you have a hero pick on the Redskins, so defend your hero. Defend your hero. Defend your hero. <laughs> defend my hero. Well, look, I don't, I don't know what you guys do early in the week, but part of my job is to kind of check out the news of what's going on around the NFL part of our name and everything and you you check out the news and i and i looked and i saw carson palmer is trying to do crazy methods to refire a nerve in his arm and ah, drew nerve. stanton had a concussion last week and i thought well it might not be great to start the rookie project sixth round pick that's one for ten last week in denver and that the washington redskins aren't quite as bad a team as they've been and that they can go get a win on the road it's not going to be some crazy upset to do that you know the what redskins i did earlier this week 
I looked at the protocol you set. Yeah. That says we can change our picks right. based on the quarterback later in the week. So I thought I'd just pick a sub team in there for now. I like that. And then revisit yeah, it on Friday. called flexibility and versatility. I considered that, but I also thought, all right, how great is Carson Palmer going to be right now coming off of a month off? And how about this Cardinals team with so many injuries, including Calais Campbell and Matt Shaughnessy? A lot of their injuries have been at the same position. Patrick Peterson isn't 100%. I just think they're at the point where they've had so many injuries, they're no longer that yeah, great a team. That Matt Shaughnessy injury is <laughs> that's rough. So De- debilitating. Doesn't he write for the Boston Globe? Isn't, <laughs> is it possible that this might actually swing all the way back around? Because I ain't switching my pick. And old Danny Boy gets a hero pick out of this. I think Greg, if he wanted to approach this segment more effectively, would have convinced us why he had made a mistake so that we would have Ooh. all stuck with Arizona and kept you. You convinced me, Greg, to switch my pick over to your Washington Redskins. Well, I know between the three of you, and I'm including Kevin Patra, uh, our distaste for Kansas's honking and press conferences about all his yeah. heroes will prevent one of you guys. You'll just take one for the team and not change your pick. So why don't you be that guy? What? I can't do that. You don't even understand what you're talking about <laughs> right now. I, <laughs> I picked the Cardinals. I mean, would it really be that crazy, by the way? I don't think the Redskins are that bad of a team. You guys seem to. You guys kind of liked them a couple weeks ago, and now you're just totally I think done. like 85% of the league is going to be 8-8 eight eight when the season's over. So That's what I'm saying. Crazy. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the Cardinals are that much better than the Redskins. I agree with you. But they do play well at home. Yep. Mm. The Baltimore Ravens are heading to Tampa to face the Buccaneers. Uh, the rest of us, we all thought the Baltimore Ravens were going to take care of business. But Mark Sessler, he feels differently. Mark believes. And he's looking at me right now like he cannot believe he made this pick. I don't but know that's exactly what you picked. You're in on Mike Lennon. You're in on, you're in on Doug Martin getting it together. You're excited about the Bucks. Tell us why. Defend your hero. That I must have just pressed the incorrect button on this. <laughs> oh um, Full on meltdown <laughs> mode. No. Mark in meltdown <laughs> mode. Nobody defends heroes. Like, are, like are we gonna just have to have Mark sit out the Thursday night shows or something from no. now on? I mean, you gotta you gotta come. <laughs> you right. Come with your picks. Let me make, make, make a case for the Bucks picks. because had a few things <laughs> swung differently last week. We'd be talking about a team that just knocked off the Steelers and Saints in back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on the road. On the road. Now they come home, and the Baltimore Ravens, better team than they were last year on a lot of fronts. I, I'm impressed with the Ravens and what they're done with their offense, but I do think this is going to be one of those weird games that Tampa – Mike Glennon has helped that offense a lot. When they had McCown in there, and you can say McCown isn't fully healthy, whatever you want to say, that, that offensive line hasn't gotten a whole lot better, but they are moving the ball with Glennon, and, and that is the only reason I look at Tampa – as a potential win here. Nice Let's recovery. Yeah. I um, Strong. I was charged with covering both of Glennon's games the past two weeks. Didn't move the ball at all in the first half against the Steelers. Right. Didn't move the ball for the first at least quarter and a half against the Saints. He struggles a lot. And I think it's a little overblown how well he's played overall. Well, I, I don't trust he him. He makes some fancy passes, though, where he's backing up and he just whips it out. And he has a lot like, of wow. three and outs. Well, Wesley, you make a good point. It's not that he – again, this is a guy that is a project quarterback. They're still developing him, and he's not going to be consistent the way when you look across the field at Big Ben and Drew Brees necessarily. But he seems to get hot. He is a little streaky. The whole offense, the whole team is streaky. I Again, I think when we do these heroes, it's not all pure logic and mathematical equations. I'm just saying Tampa's going to do something. Who would have picked him to beat the Steelers two weeks ago or take the Saints down to the final few minutes? Yeah, sometimes you look at the breadth of the season. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons I picked the Redskins. It's just like, oh, that team, you can kind of look at what how they how their whole season is going to go. They don't really look like a 1-5 team. Maybe the Bucks after the last couple weeks, they're, they're a better team than their record indicates. They're at I'm home. St- I'm still crazy. ready to fork them. I'd do it right now. Really? Yes. Again, I also do not remember picking them, so I'm doing the best <laughs> I can here. Yeah, no, you did a good job. It'd be great if this was a bit, but you can tell by the look in Mark's eyes when Dan first brought it up that he really had no idea. <laughs> it, it was, I thought that maybe something was wrong at first, and I was like, oh, he just doesn't realize what he's about to have to do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Moving forward, uh, I think, Greg, you, you usually are a little more locked in on, on your picks, so I'm going to say you know that you took the Jaguars to get their first win of the season on the road against the Titans, who you must imagine are in the tank after blowing a 28-3 to lead over the Browns, and now you believe the Jaguars will come in and build on that tankage. Dan, one thing, that's the – 
that the Titans, Tennessee Titans, it's really like one of the 32 teams in the NFL. Oh, in the AFC, in fact. I li- actually, I like that name. Good job. You just lost their last Titans fan that still listened to the show. They don't have fans. He's got oh my. Oh, uh, you know, uh, come on, they got fans. The t- I don't know. Maybe after last week, that that number could have crept down quite a bit. What do the Titans do well? They don't do anything well. Jake Locker is. I'll tell healthy. you what they do well. When it's third and nine, they do a really good job of throwing a third and four pass. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Clipboard Jesus. This is a team that lost at home by, you know, 16 points to the Cowboys. They got blown out in Cincinnati and Indianapolis. I think Blake Bortles is obviously the best quarterback in this game. Jake Locker might not be starting. I just think the Jaguars aren't a 0-16 type of team. If they're going to win a game, this is the week to do it. As Wesley astutely uh, pointed out earlier, with Jake Locker looking like he's not a go, when we made our picks, you know, 78 hours ago, and it was up in the air. It looks like if, if Whitehurst is it's in literally there, this less is than a, 24 hours. Well, ago. this is another <laughs> area where we could switch right out over to the Blake Bortles Express. No, no quarterback has had me seething as much as Charlie Whitehurst did against the Browns mm. since Jason Campbell threw 50 checkdowns against the Bengals last year. Well, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. funny. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Like if I ever wanted to really get back at Wesseling if he did something <laughs> to me. All, all I would do is just throw a bunch of check down passes in front of him because that's what really gets <laughs> West going. St- Whitehurst <laughs> ended four second half possessions in a row by throwing short of the sticks on third down. Could we it see... It was just... Uh, oh, God. It's Let's com- say this goes ugly. Could we see Mettenberger in this game? Absolutely. Yeah. I. That's why I'm starting to feel grim right now because I just realized that I did cut, pick Charlie Whitehurst to win a game. Like, start a game be in there, and then win it. You pick Jake Locker to win one. If he doesn't play, you can switch that pick, Dan. Here's what Charlie Whitehurst is doing <laughs> to a person. When you watch him play, you're thinking, why can't this guy play more like Austin Davis? Mm. That's scary territory. I think that about a lot of people. <laughs> I wish I could play like Austin Davis. He's been pretty Make good. Some money. <laughs> uh, all right, so we have uh, – those are the hero picks. Uh, and uh, let's get to the rest of the games because we've got, got a lot of good ones. We'll start. Why don't we start in Minnesota? Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to be back. He's been full practice this week. He says he's 100%, and now he gets a chance to play the Detroit Lions. Uh, this should be a very, I think, a com- competitive matchup. One guy that I really am interested in, uh, Cordero Patterson, who they cannot seem to get going now after he came into the season with all that hype, started off well, disappeared from the offense, do you think we're going to start seeing him get back back on track? I know there we did it around the NFL post today about they're going to make a concerted effort. Is it going to happen? That's a good question. I think he's the kind of guy they – you kind of have to treat him like the, the Seahawks treat Harvin and get the ball in his hands on end-arounds, jet sweeps, uh, screen passes, crossers, and it's bizarre that they haven't done that. It's but almost I- like Norv Turner's gotten a little too cute because – okay, you're out in the open and you're going to use them that way in week one, and a month's passed. We haven't seen it since. This is a team that's changed so much from last season. There's such a youth movement. If you got Teddy in there at quarterback, you got Cordero as your number one wide receiver in theory, and you got Jarek McKinnon in the backfield. It's like, why not just make sure that Cordero gets the ball? Norv Turner did that last year with Josh Gordon. Well, some of it's on Patterson, too, because he doesn't get open. When he's just going out for the regular sort of wide receiver route tree, from by all accounts, he's not getting open. He's not really too polished as a route runner. So yes, you have to be creative and getting him the ball in other ways. But part of it is also because he's not that developed as a wide. I receiver. I mean, are they learning that he's not the X wide receiver they thought he'd be? I think it's he's more young. about the word route runner, which we use generically. People think it's just going out and running the right route. Route running also means reading the defense mm-hmm. before the snap and being on the same page as your quarterback because they're option routes and you have to know whether to break in or break out or go deep or stay in. And if he's not on the same page with his quarterback, that's probably what's Brady going on. And, and they've had they Brady and Welker were famous for that, their right. ability to kind of read each other's mind. And th- they haven't had the same quarterback back-to-back weeks right. all season. So you're, it's you're kind of hard, quarterback it's kinda hard to kill any of this offense for any lack of rhythm because it changes. The running backs change every week. Peterson's not there. It's like they had Ponder last week. That's fair. I will say this, too. Greg, Patra, and Wes all picked the Lions in this game, and I know we're talking up Golden Tate, and he deserves it. He's playing very well, but Calvin Johnson's probably not playing in this game, and if he is, he's, again, going to be a decoy-type guy, but expect him not to play. That's still a huge loss for this team, Golden Tate or not. It is. I think the Lions are a top-six team in the NFL, with Calvin Johnson, and everybody would wow. see him that way if they had a kicker this year. 
They would be That's seen fair. unanimously as a top six team. They have the number one defense in football outsiders metrics this year, pacing the whole league. And I think, I mean, ask Aaron Rodgers how good their defense is or Eli Manning or anyone else they beat this year. They're, they have a really good defense. But I, I agree with you. Calvin Johnson's a big difference-making type of player. And we don't know about their running backs either. Bush and Bell are both banged up. There's a potential they both play. There's a potential they both Feel are out. about this one, Sizzler. And, and that's why this this was the single toughest game for me to pick on the schedule, and I guess it makes sense then that we were split 3-2 on it. Well, I think when Minnesota wins this game and Teddy Bridgewater does what he does, they're, in, they're constructing that stadium with that stale dome on top of it. They're going to realize we have to be an outdoor football team Stop in Minnesota. <laughs> Stop construction. Just, no, Tear the roof what? off. You built enough. Let that air, let that open air and that snow come flowing in. Come December. Forget about the Super Bowl coming. We'll cancel that. <laughs> we don't need I'll a Super an Bowl. Amen. How about get amen. to a Super Bowl? Preach on, brother. <laughs> All good. right. Preach. And that was anti-dome talk with Chris and Mark. <laughs> we got to get that sponsored. Death to domes. Uh, moving forward, the Miami Dolphins coming off a bye week in that win in London in which uh, Greg's boy, Ryan Tannehill, got back on track. Now they welcome the Green Bay Packers at 3-2, and two, and uh, the Packers might be the best 3-2 and two team in the NFL. They're looking great now. Uh, we picked the Packers across the board. Is this going to be a close game? I think, it's a, I think it's a more dangerous game than most people think just because the Dolphins' front – is better than the last couple defenses Green Bay's faced and could disrupt their timing. I think one thing, you know, it looks like no Sean Moreno, looks like he will play, correct? I think that's what we're hearing. He's practiced and stuff. I like what we saw in week one when when Bill Lazor had his full complement of running backs. I think Lamar Miller is not an every-down guy, and even when no Sean was not in the lineup, they didn't use Miller as an every-down guy. And I want to see what they can do uh, – with the full complement of runners in the backfield, yes. Go. All right. <laughs> I got, by the way, I have some more research notes. With, oh, so I think no. you're going to like this one. Uh, Joe Fieldman, here we go. No, Ryan Tannehill averaged 8.97 yards per attempt against the Raiders. That was the fourth highest total of his career. Before that, he had been averaging 5.03, which is the Gabbard zone. So perhaps the Dolphins are learning they need to open up this offense, push the ball downfield, and they'll score some points. I remember on this very podcast, the night of that game, one of us who got, who got charged with covering that game pointed out it was one of the best stats of one of the best starts of Tannehill's career. So we probably didn't need research notes to tell us that. Listen, I just gave you numbers. Oh, okay. Man. <laughs> There's no arguing against the book. The book and the numbers tell you that he was pushing the ball downfield, which they hadn't been doing at all. Yeah. Um, I would say <laughs> as clicked in as Aaron Rodgers is right now, I think at Seattle is the only way I would pick against the Packers this week. Wow. Hmm. That surprises me that you're just – I guess I mean I know they've had two really impressive games against Chicago and how many, Minnesota, but on a short. How many week, great teams in the NFL are there right now? I don't know if the Packers are one of them, though. Are they? I mean, are they a top five team already just because they can destroy Christian Ponder on a short week? They're third in your beloved Football Outsiders DVOA. Mark, I'm surprised that Bill Lazor versus Dom Capers, and yet you didn't. You went with the uh, Packers. Mm. Well, I mean, I your boy. I think what Chris just said is. Well, 100% accurate. I mean, there, when, when Aaron Rodgers is on fire, I'm not going to – I'll wait for him to, to, to completely die out on the field before I <laughs> – Whoa. <laughs> Easy there, what? buddy. I just, like, I'm not going to pick against the Packers in this situation until I see him crumble. What have the Dolphins as a full team showed us in a couple of weeks? Not a whole lot. By the way, is there, is there a coach – you know how they always talk up like, oh, this coach, you know, he knows his old team well. You know, so he's going to know how to attack the Packers. Like, is there a coach in the NFL that you would be less scared of knowing your team than Joe Philbin? <laughs> Joe Philbin, like, I don't know. Brian, Brian Schottenheimer? Yeah. It always, I always, whenever I think of Joe <laughs> Time Philbin. Time to work on the Packers this week, boys. Yeah, it's like, it's like, <laughs> I always think about Joe Philbin on hard knocks, walking around, making sure everyone's shoelaces were tied properly and picking up gum on the field. And immediately you just knew this guy was not the next Belichick. I looked at the combine. He's one of the last adults that I've seen in many years that just wandered down a hallway just in a just big white turtleneck, nothing else. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah. He's nude from the waist down? No, I'm just saying from the top up. It's like he's got, he, looks like a, he looks like an IBM man on vacation or something. Oh, okay. Well, that's not In 1978. There's also, there's also those stories that at training camp he – 
does the bed check for all the players every oh, night. Come, you know Remember what, that dude, one? Like, that they, yeah. they had to get used to that. Be like, oh, hey, hey, Coach Philbin. Coming yeah. to, you know, usually they have some you know, 18-year-old intern do that, but okay. Uh, moving on, the, the Denver Broncos uh, are starting to hit their stride offensively. They really uh, they went nuts this past week. Now they get to travel to the Meadowlands to face my Jets, who are on a four-game losing streak. And it appears to, they appear to be crumbling from within uh, with major quarterback problems and the typical off-the-field shenanigans that mark almost every Jet meltdown season. Uh, we all picked the Broncos, and I can't really – even me, the Jet fan, it's hard for me to make a case that the Jets are going to deliver a good effort here. I, I don't. This is almost the worst team they could have faced in this spot, uh, with their issues with their secondary and their inability to score points right now. Uh, this is not going to be a very close game, I don't think. I was concerned when they had a couple players on defense publicly say we're not practicing like a championship team, which is a little unusual for. I think Rex Ryan has always had the buy-in of like 98, 99% of his roster. They love the guy. It's like just stuff starting to creep out that concerns me a I little mean, bit about that, the team. That was a little disconcerting, but what really annoyed me was the Michael Vick thing, where Michael Vick came out and said that he wasn't prepared to go into the game, which boggles my mind on a number of levels. First of all, we knew Geno Smith was on the ropes going into that game on Sunday against the Chargers. So he couldn't have thought that he was easily just going to sit on the bench. Number two, to even admit that and just to think, you think that maybe he's a little savvy having played in Philly and been in the league this long and now been in New York. When you say something like that, it leaves you wide open to just be doubted and face the same questions over and over again. And everybody just thinks you're a joke. And he didn't even look like he wanted to be on the field against the Chargers anyway. So I could not be more out on the Michael Vick era in New York right now. This week officially ends the Michael Vick era as a starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, think back to August when Jenny Vrentis for the MMKB had that report that some Jets coaches didn't love the fact that Vick didn't really fight for the starting job. Now and, I can see that. Right, you can totally yeah. see it. And there was even a, a mention this week, I believe, that he, he didn't mind that uh, – Matt Sims was getting a little extra, a few extra snaps in practice for for real, and it's like, you know, there's there is a point that it makes sense. Started. Don't you immediately go back to the uh, the Bill Belichick scene where Wes Welker says, "Ah, let the other guy do punt returns," <laughs> and Belichick <laughs> says, "Way to compete, Wes." Right, well, right, that's true. But it's like starting at quarterback in the NFL is hard, especially for the Jets. So it's not the worst thing it, in the world to make a big n- paycheck and be a backup. It is a death knell for for this team because you know the whole point of bringing Vic in if you really did believe in Geno Smith, was to have someone to show a young quarterback how to go through the week, how to prepare, how to live that life. <laughs> that and never like, felt right anyway. Well, that, that whole that, maybe that sell. was the wrong veteran to bring yeah. in, but even if that was your plan, I mean, he couldn't be handling those responsibilities any worse. And it brings into focus when he wasn't playing ball during the offseason with things when he was talking about it wasn't a true battle and all that stuff like he's kind of been checked out this whole season I don't think he really cares what he says or how he's construed he just got his five million dollars or whatever it is whatever anyway we all picked the Broncos this is the spot uh that the Rex Ryan Jets over the years would play well it's a very good call I could see the crowd being into it initially but I don't know. I just don't. I feel like they're not going to be. They're just overmatched in some well, ways. Well, one thing, Demarius Thomas, the one we saw last week versus the Jets secondary we saw last <laughs> week, that concerns me too. It's not just on offense. And Julius Thomas has more touchdowns through five weeks than any tight end in history, I believe. Wow. Hmm. Uh, TD, something to add? Yeah, I was going back to Michael Vick, as you guys said, just to, to back up your point. Yes, I've, I had my post on this whole thing the whole season. Hi, T-Date. Hi, T-Date. How's it going? First yeah. time on the show. How's, yeah. it, how's it going, First guys? time, long time. I know. But, uh, yeah, Michael Vick, clearly from the start, he's a guy who came into New York knowing the situation. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to get my money. I'm just going to play the good teammate. I'm going to support Gino and get my money. He clearly was not prepared, and he's been honest this whole time. It's pretty sad to see. Are you, you, you're a Vic guy, right? Well, wait, no, it's fun to watch, that's for sure. And a guy with his athletic ability, it would be nice to see him go out there and play. But if, he, if you're not getting ready to Wes's point, no coach is going to want a quarterback who admits that, hey, going into a game, I was not ready <laughs> To play. That's a big part of my point. The other part of my point is I think it's pretty obvious he doesn't have the same athletic ability he well, used to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was an elite athlete back then. He has some of it now. But um, All right, moving forward. The New England Patriots are heading to Buffalo to Orchard Park to play. The Bills is a battle of two, three and two teams. Uh, something, this is a game to be excited about. Great and, game. And, again, 
this we've been we're all very close in the standings. I think four of us are within two games or three games. Wes is right behind that. So this is a week where we're all over the place with different picks. We're split here again. Uh, Greg and myself. Uh, both took the Pats. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, joining a winning team and, finally, uh, man. The, the rest of the fellas took the Bills. So I'll throw it to the mailman, uh, Mr. Mailman. Why did you decide that the Bills were going to get it done? You're picking Kyle Orton to outsmart Bill Belichick in a big spot. You heard how excited Greg was <laughs> to be picking this game, but that belies his true feelings. If he wasn't mandated by his own uh, rooting Dogma. interest. Yeah. His own dogma here, he would be picking the Bills. I firmly believe that because he knows <laughs> the Bills in Buffalo are a bad matchup and that their defense has been on fire. That's a good point. And you got, you know, New England had success running the ball against Cincinnati last week, and that was at home. Now they're on the road against a very good run defense. Well, Wes is right that I have a huge amount of respect and love. I would probably take the Bills at home versus just about anyone right now because I think that defensive line is the best in the league. And it's amazing how one or two of those guys can take over any games. Some some weeks it's Kyle Williams and Mario Williams. Last week it was Marcel Darius and Jerry Hughes having an unbelievable game, one of the best games I've seen. And between those four guys against the Patriots offensive line, like I know – Patriots fans are excited that they seem to solve things last week, but this will be as big a test as possible for do that we, line. Do you think that there's a little bit of, <clears throat> you know, last week New England goes out and takes care of the Bengals, which historically under Andy Dalton don't get the job done on primetime and they don't get the job done on the road. That's not a shock. And so now it's, oh, we don't have to worry about New England. They're back to where they've always been. I, there's too many signs that suggest that's just not there, true. I found, to your point, I found it interesting the level or maybe the deepness in the terms of a sigh of relief there was both from the entire New England fan base and the media that was kind of keying in on whether this is the end from Tom Brady to even Brady Not by me well Greg Rosenthal of course and even Brady himself who on his Facebook account uh, had this line which I thought was really interesting considering it was a game in October he said thanks to all the fans for the support tonight a night I'll never forget Let's keep it going for the rest of the season. A night I'll never forget. Like this, that game meant a lot to the to them. So now we get to see whether this is uh, building up. It's also an insane picture. I also Brady. don't believe that he has any idea what's going up on this Facebook account. I Let's don't know. be honest. I yeah. They're like they're agree. like sending That's all fair. these links, these cute sort of links. Yeah, I'm sure Tom Brady's <laughs> up doing you know like Photoshop at 12:30 at night I during think the week. Tom weekend. Brady knows that. Someone wrote it. I, I don't know. I honestly that. don't. I, I think the 18-year-old intern that was supposed to be checking beds for Joe Philbin is now operating Tom <laughs> Brady's are, Facebook. This guy's got a lot people. of interesting jobs. Very cynical people. <laughs> but my point being is that that was obviously a big turning point of the season. Now will it carry over? That's something that will be very interesting Look, to see. Look, they could lose this week 20-17, to 17, and I still think they might be, quote-unquote, back and end up I, having I agree a good with season. That, totally. I just think it's a tough yeah, match. Yeah, it's a tough match. They could be – they could lose and be just fine going forward. One I, thing I, from the Bills side, because you know we're focusing all on, the, on New England, but this reminds me a lot of that Cleveland-Pittsburgh matchup where you've got this team in your own division that's destroyed you week after week, year after year, and you've never gotten past them. If you're the real thing for the Bills, I understand you got Kyle Orton, a quarterback, you got to win this game. The erstwhile team of ATL, the Carolina Panthers, have a big game this week. They head to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. Cincinnati coming off really that dreadful loss on a Sunday night to the Patriots, as we were just talking about, and Tom Brady earnestly on his social media page <laughs> spoke out to the people and explained how he felt at that moment. They're 3-1 and one now. The Panthers, 3-2, and two, kind of a hard team to figure out. The entire around the NFL team picked the Bengals. Why? Uh, can I just say that I like that erstwhile has become the word of Dan Hansis. Yeah, I love it. I, that's a great word. Rolling with it. Yeah. Rolling Why on. did we pick the Bengals? Yeah. They never lose at home. Unless it's the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers have been an erratic team. Even in their wins, you haven't left the gear. At least the win against Chicago. I certainly didn't leave it thinking, okay, there's a team that's really got its stuff together. Uh, I mean, they found a way to win that game, but on the road – I don't think I would take them against the Bengals even if they were in Carolina. I don't feel too good about the Bengals. I feel like they they No AJ Green by the way, most that's likely. Huge. No AJ yeah, Green, that's, that's a big deal and you know, I feel like they can go into funks in the Stalton era that could last a few weeks. 
And coming off a bad loss Sunday, it makes sense that this would be the timing of the season where they could lose three or four or something like that and then get hot Mm -hmm. again. So uh, this is a pick that I'm already starting to have some regret about. But yeah, what to Wes's point, like you're you're riding that they're going to take care of business at home, and they've been among the best in the league at, in their own building. I think Hugh Jackson will do a better job with a non AJ Green offense than Jay Gruden would have in the old days. And uh, I, you know, I don't Gruden heat. I mean, that, I, I don't. I think Jackson's a much better play caller than Gruden. I think we all feel the way, don't we? Bucky books. Ju- Bucky Brooks just slipped a lollipop into your pocket, patted you on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about uh, <laughs> I talked about the mismatch in Buffalo, New England. I mean, Cincinnati's front line against this Carolina offensive line is a crazy mismatch. I th- I think there's so many problems for this Panthers team on both sides of the ball. Cam Newton is playing really well and kind of holding the whole team up, but overall, I don't know if it's that good a team right now. The Oakland Raiders buried the ball. They did the buried the ball move. With Tony Sperano early this week, it was a, a kind of a, a bit of a cringeworthy video. And Wes, I don't know if you know what the bury the ball means symbolically, because it's very heavy and deep. Do you know? Uh, hasn't it lost its meaning when you're the third or fourth person to do it? Yeah. So basically, he said <laughs> the the, f- the first four games of the season gone. You could bury it here, and they handed out a shovel, and then they buried it up because now they're starting fresh. But unfortunately, they start fresh against one of the best teams in the NFL, the San Diego Chargers, uh, who are playing great, who just embarrassed the Jets, who, uh, Greg, I think you wrote in your um, QB index that the Chargers now win games they're supposed to win. They don't have off games, and Rivers is very consistent. Blowout, correct? What if, let me put it to you guys like this. What if we had a bad month of covering the NFL? Just we're coming in. We weren't getting any more page views. Our articles were <laughs> trite and Typos no good. everywhere. And Greg said, all right, boys, calls us together and buries all of our laptops <laughs> symbolically. <laughs> what would be your reaction to Greg doing that? Can I get a MacBook? <laughs> <laughs> that was predictable, and I should have yeah. seen that coming. Yeah. No, you'd laugh at him. Yeah. Right. I can imagine Charles Woodson watching this yeah. thinking, like, what did I sign it's, up for? It is Look at his crown. Worthy. It really it's is. It's going to be disturbing when Rex Ryan does this next week with the Jets. <laughs> well, Rex, I thought, you know, a lot of people thought Rex was the one that started this, but Rex actually, in 2010, took a page out of Belichick's playbook, who did it back in 2001. So now, Tony Sperano, it's the third time through. It's like the back in the old uh, audio tapes days where you just keep taping, taping over with new songs and albums, and by the time you get to the third iteration, you, you can barely hear it. There's no pop. There's no pop in this ploy, this motivational ploy. It'd be like if they remade the Italian job for the third time. Mm. <laughs> Nobody's watching that. All right. Mark, you did take the Chargers, just so you know. <laughs> I feel... Oh, yeah. Well, that would know. be awful if we picked them as a team of ATL and they lost this to Tony Sperano and the Raiders. This is a big spot. I mean, this is their first game as the official team and of ATL. Don't think that we didn't plan this out. We wanted to give them a cookie right off the bat to like continue to build <clears throat> well, their confidence. If we I wanted to do feel... that, we could have done it before they played the Jets. Oh, you know <laughs> hey! You, sir, are a monster. Uh, moving forward, the Chicago Bears are heading to Atlanta. The Georgia Dome, the electric Georgia Dome. When you think about football and in the fall and the leaves turning colors, you think about inside that dome on that turf. The Falcons are two and three, but obviously a much better team at home. And that's why we all got behind them, I would think. They we all picked the Falcons to win this game. Mark, you picked them because you like them in their own building, I would assume. Right? Well, I think, yeah, they're, they're one of these four or five teams that when they're at home, they're all the problems like I picked them last week against the Giants. That was a disaster for they me. Were, they were ahead in the fourth well, quarter. But I'm only concerned. I, I don't, you, don't, you don't win the game in picks, Greg, because they're ahead in the third <laughs> I'm quarter. I'm just saying it wasn't a disastrous week. pick. They're one of these teams, though, that it kind of doesn't matter what happens outside of their building. When they come home to that overly still, silent dome. <laughs> it's pretty loud. They operate Overly at, still? It's just it's like, it's like you know, 60,000 people are taking a nap. Yeah. If and, they get but that they many. operate in that quiet environment. They they do what they need to do. This is a big game. I mean, two teams with good quarterbacks that have what? that have one playoff. team with a good quarterback. Stop. Pretty good quarterbacks that have playoff aspirations. Both two and three. It'd be kind of surprising that one of these two teams is going to be two and four and digging out of a big hole. A Tony Sperano sized hole. I, I should probably explain my Goldilocks Cutler reference from 
the earlier podcast. Yeah, you should. Dave Fleming from ESPN wrote a really good article saying that Cutler is like Goldilocks. Every year it's supposed to be his breakout year, but it's never just quite right. There's always an offensive line problem or a wide receiver problem or a coaching problem or an offensive line problem. Or an injury. Or an injury. And once again this year, this was the year. Breakout coming. All pro season. Nope. Does it finally, Blowing games with interceptions. He's been again. okay. Does it finally end next year, though, like next August or so? We're not yeah. going to be reading puff pieces about Jay Cutler anymore, right? Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. The show point, point, I'm people, not giving well, up on this team just because they're two and three. No, but I th- think this is a pick 'em game. The shine might be off Trustman's offense a little bit after this season if they continue along this path to some degree. They have not been the same kind of electric, easy to watch offense that they were last season. Yeah, but you know why? I mean, well, you just not, wrote about that this morning. Yeah, no, I mean they're not healthy. Marshall basically said that Brandon Marshall said that he shouldn't have played the last. A lesser man would not have played the last four games. And yeah, I hear that. And I, and Jeffrey had a hamstring injury earlier. He wasn't himself for a while. But Meanwhile, still, Martellus Bennett's playing like a pro bowler. Isn't the real reason that they're not going to be what we think they should be right back what you're saying? It's because of the quarterback. I just don't – I've never trusted Jay Cutler to he can manage get, a, a big-time offense. He can get right, red hot, but he can also just blow games. And apologies to the Chicago and Carolina fans. Last Thursday, they waited for the preview of their game, and it never came. Yeah, I'm going to fall on the sword on that one. I missed it. And then, you know, TD should have had my back and been like, Dan, what about Chicago, Carolina? Didn't get the ba- <laughs> wow. you know, my back. Throwing TD under the Taking bus. people down under with the bus. <laughs> Taking like, people down with me. Truth is, we had it done. And uh, just didn't make it into the show. I don't know how. Ah, I like that. You I know. like that explanation a lot more. Uh, all right, which takes – so, yeah, sorry, guys. That won't happen again. Probably will. Uh, the final <laughs> game, the Monday night game, is the San Francisco 49ers. How many games are there this week? 8,000 uh, traveling to – now, you want to talk mausoleums. The St. Louis Rams oh, at the Edward Hunter James Dome. <laughs> Uh, the one and three Rams. We all picked the Niners. Yeah, I don't think any of us are in love with the Niners necessarily. <laughs> what did you call it? Edward <laughs> Hunter James. <laughs> Edward James almost though. Uh, we all have the Niners in this game. Uh, we don't. It probably will be competitive, but Niners are gonna take care of business, right? Well, we all picked them, including you, Mark. I mean, I think I, I think we all feel like the Niners have played better the last few weeks, and at the same time, I. It is hard for me to pick the away the away team in any primetime game. And the Rams in the last couple of years have had some sneaky, interesting primetime games. And uh, am I wrong? Didn't they play the Seahawks tough on primetime last season? Uh, that's I, that's, I, that's I absolutely true. Ton of sacks. Four sacks, uh, I believe, on Russell Wilson by we'll Chris see. Long or I just, something. And I still think the Niners will pull it down. I fell asleep just thinking about the Rams. Oh, stop. You know, you did, that, quiet there. you did that big disappointments list this week. You know I what? missed Robert Quinn. And, the, and the Rams defense. That was what I was going to say. Greg Williams, maybe. And, I did. I whiffed, I whiffed hard on defense. that one. Robert Quinn has done nothing this year. No Chris Long. They, they've been a very poor operation up front. And I think they they're last in the league in sacks with Greg Williams. Yeah. Dialing up those blitzes. Everyone thought they would be better. Their offense has played well enough to win win some games. They're somehow eighth in total yards, which is well, wild. In my defense, I missed the Rams on that list because they don't matter. Okay. Um, That's it. That's it. We go out on that note. Uh, We will be back on Sunday with the show that everyone gets excited about. It is the Sunday recap show. Uh, So enjoy all the football and, uh, you know, stay safe. I feel like that's a fair thing to say. Same to you. Yes. uh, Signing off, this is Dan Hansis for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss, and TD behind the glass. Send in more tags. Hashtag money tag. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.